0: Hi, and welcome back to This Week in Voice, episode 19 for Thursday, November the 30th, 2017. My name is Bradley Metrock. I'm CEO of a company called Score Publishing based here in Nashville, Tennessee. My guest today is John Kelvey, CEO and founder of Bespoke. And John, say hello. Hey, Bradley, and hi, everybody else. John, thank you for joining us. Really glad you're here. Huge week in news. I take it you've been following AWS reInvent pretty closely, have you not?
1: We well, have. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been uh, just fascinating to see everything coming out of there. And uh, as voice uh, developers and part of that ecosystem, it's just really exciting to see all the new stuff.
0: The first thing I saw out of reInvent was several people getting their picture taken for a selfie in front of the giant Echo. Did you see that?
1: I did. I did. I think the best line I saw was uh, Eric Olson had uh, used his own skill in Saltabot, which told him, "Why don't you get some real friends instead of talking to this computer?" <laughs> uh,
0: whoever, whoever had that idea of doing the giant echo—that was, uh, that, was a, that was that's a marketing home run. Uh, yeah, a lot of great stuff coming out of the conference. Uh, love to see Amazon's passion for voice technology and voice-first technology. It's extremely clear, and that's reflected in this week's set of stories. And so with that, let's get to the news. Story number one this week is Amazon has expanded its monetization. So if you listen to this show at all, we talk frequently about the urgent need for voice developers To be able to monetize their Alexa skills, Google Home Actions, um, whatever voice application they're putting together, it's essential. And we took another big step toward that this week with Amazon introducing three different things, subscriptions within Alexa skills, in-skill purchasing, and integration of Amazon pay. And John, my question for you is are you as excited about these new monetization options as I am? And which one out of the three are you most excited about?
1: Yeah, I, I am as excited as you because I do think the monetization is huge. Um, there's uh, within the development co- uh, community, I think, an outcry for more options in this way. You know, so the addition of being able to do subscriptions, uh, to do in-skill purchases, I mean, that's fantastic. And, you know, right now where developers are potentially getting a paycheck from Amazon for being just popular, uh, to add on other ways that they can monetize their content, to add in extensions, I I think that that's fantastic. And I think people are really going to be able to take advantage of it and start to build something that's, you know, sustainable over the long term.
0: The subscriptions part catches my eye. And I think the example that was used in the Amazon blog entry on this was... Uh, Jeopardy, and there may be some other one. There were several examples listed there. From a content creation standpoint, which is how you know my company got into voice development and just learning about Alexa and, and the like um, to begin with. The ability to have subscriptions within Alexa skills—I'm just super psyched about that, and uh, the different ways you know, enterprising companies will find to to take advantage of that. So yeah, I'm glad to hear you're as excited as I am. I'm, uh, the other part about it is that, you know, Amazon seems to be gaining momentum. You know, they're, they're rolling out, first they rolled out, you know, the expanded categories for their payment program and, and that was okay. And that, And now they're starting to really find their way with providing monetization. It's exciting to see. It's just part of the momentum. Anything else to add on that?
1: Uh, well, I am really interested to see, you know, the new skills that do come out. I mean, they have sort of the premier ones there. I mean, part of the announcement was Jeopardy. There's a few others. Um, as we see more of the rank and file developers get involved with it, it's going to be, you know, great to hear success stories there. Um, and to see the sort of creative cases people come up with, uh, if you have a popular skill and you're able to then do some add on with content or, uh, a purchase that's in the skill and people can show a path, you know, start to show some real successes there. I, I think the level of interest that you have from the sort of indiv- uh, independent development community is gonna go way up. And that's where you could start to see you know, the skill store really take off in the way that um, you saw the iOS app store take off. Story number
0: two is also coming out of reInvent. Amazon is allowing Alexa skill developers to provide users with notifications. So you can imagine, you know, in everything that I've read about this, Amazon has been um, cautious with this because they have done such a good job and they've invested so much time and resources into cultivating the Alexa ecosystem. And the last thing they want to do is send people running for the hills with a notification fest, creating um, terrible behavior out of Alexa skills. So uh, but this is exciting to see. Share with me your thoughts on developers being able to use notifications and uh, where you think this will help, ha- you know, how much you think this helps the ecosystem.
1: I, I think this is another one that's just fantastic for the ecosystem. I mean, the monetization, the notifications, these are ones that since day one that I've been involved with Alexa, I've heard people asking for. And it's funny, too, when you see people that are new to the community, there's some of the first questions that they ask, and especially around notifications. you are like, why don't I have notifications yet? Or why can't I do this? They're sort of expecting it to be there. Amazon, I think, has done a good job of explaining to people why they need to be careful in introducing this. And the classic concern is, well, what if you're sending people notifications, especially audio ones in the middle of the night? Um, That would obviously be not a great user experience. I guess unless it's like a... Yeah. Well, maybe a smoke detector. I mean, that, that would be useful, but you certainly don't want to get, you know, a news alert or, you know, a Jeopardy alert if they added them in there uh, in the middle of the night. So they have had to be careful about the user experience. They have rolled this out pretty slowly, but it does open up, I mean, a ton of different use cases. I will say for us in our company where we're doing monitoring of skills and voice apps. I mean, it's, it's interesting for us because we can then use that to alert people when there's a problem with their voice apps, right? So that's, that's a great application. Mm-hmm. And I think anybody who's using it, you know, I mean, obviously on the phone notifications are maybe the dominant point of interaction that you have with most of your apps. You know, I mean, how often are you going into an app because of a notification versus proactively doing it? I don't know the numbers on that, but it wouldn't surprise me at all to see that it's more than 50% notifications. So I think you can easily see with Alexa how this is going to be very popular. They are going to have to handle carefully rolling this out, though.
0: The thing that comes to mind for me at first, the comparison, which you made earlier in, in this show about the Alexa skills marketplace, you know, that ecosystem as compared to the iOS ecosystem and everyone hoping and seeing the pathway for Alexa skills to be as popular and profitable as iOS apps have been. The first thing I think of within that framework, as I, as I read about the notifications is with Alexa skills, one of the big differences is everything is done in the cloud. Everything's done behind the scenes. So with an iOS app, you get a little bubble notification. Uh, you know, the last ten years we got bubble notification saying, "Hey, you, we just decided to give you some new features." And you go to the app store and you and you you know you can either just accept the update or auto accept it or whatever. But most you know, I used to at least read the feature features added with the updates, and um, and you just feel like you're getting. You know, all this extra value from the work that the developer is doing behind the scenes. Now, with the Lexus skills, it's not like the developers are doing any less work. In fact, they're probably doing more work. It's so transparent, you don't see it. And so the customer, the end user, you know, they can either start to take it for granted or they can think that nothing's going on. It's just a different thing. So for me, the no- if the notifications, one thing I-, I hope that they figure out how to do is uh, make it so the user can understand the cadence and the frequency and and the amount of new features that developers are working to support the skills that they've downloaded, because I think that that is the type of thing an end user has to see in order to invest further into the ecosystem. Um, If I download my first iOS app and I see that the developer is constantly updating it regularly updating it and adding new things and responding to customer feedback guess what i'm going to down download <laughs> right. two, three, four, five, six. so um that's my hope uh with this at least
1: right uh so that's an interesting take i hadn't thought about that at all you know so using the notifications to prompt people and alert them about new stuff that's available i you know that is going to be another nice selling point and that you know that's an example about how these two things—the monetization and the notifications—could actually go together. Sure. Um, so that there's maybe a natural synergy there, where you you know you you notify people about something that you've added to the skill, and then from there they can go in and part of it's for free, but maybe it's it's such a, a rich, nice feature that you know they're willing to then do you know some sort of premium subscription on it. I mean, I, there are definitely developers that are out there and skills that are out there where they are adding just stuff. I mean, they're really working hard on it and they're just adding stuff nonstop. And yeah, that's going to be a nice thing for people to alert them to that. Sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Two big things to to start off this week in voice for reInvent. uh, But the third one is pretty intriguing as well. Story number three this week is Amazon is readying what they call Alexa for business. And they've already got a number of launch partners already on board. We've spoken a little bit about, actually, we've spoken a lot about enterprise use of voice technology on this show, but this this feels like Amazon is about to invest a little bit more heavily than they already have and really make a big push here. John, you're looking at this announcement from Amazon and, and them saying that they're going to be... Um, working to make Alexa as useful for business as possible and these launch partners and all this stuff. How does that strike you? Do you think the timing is right? Uh, Do you think that uh, business has a lot to gain from this? Uh, What were your thoughts?
1: Uh, I think it's fantastic. I mean, I I think these three announcements, I mean, it's, it's sort of like just immediately as we're going through them, it's like, gee, which one of these is the biggest? Cause I think they all have immense significance for the whole ecosystem. Uh, The business one It is another one where a lot of people, I won't say everyone, but they come to the community and they say, how do I do something for enterprises? And there's not a good answer for today. There's companies I know that are forming right now, you know, that are there to serve the enterprise. And they've really been building a company anticipating that this would be available, but not knowing when it would be. Uh, So I think it is timely because I think there's already sort of a burgeoning ecosystem there. And this is going to help you know, for those folks that are already part of it, it's really going to help them and it's going to bring a lot more people in. I would also say, again, I mean, from where we sit as Bespoke, I mean, we we serve everyone. We'll work with any developer that's out there. And I think the tools that we provide work for anyone. I think for ourselves, for anybody else, it's sort of a third-party vendor. I mean, you're really excited about this because classically, where are, you, are there great opportunities to monetize? I mean, it is around the enterprises. So we want to see more enterprises participating we think it's going to be great for the long-run uh, viability of the ecosystem. You know, I didn't assume that it would be this year, so I, I think Amazon, it's timely, and I think it shows their commitment uh, to the space that they uh, that they are getting it out there already, or announcing it already. We'll see when it's <laughs> quite a bit. Sure. Uh,
0: yeah, well, um, and I don't think they put a firm date on it unless I just missed it, but, you know, there's something that happens when, there's a sort of um, symbiotic relationship between enterprise use of technology and then the consumer use. And I think a lot of consumers, especially with voice technology being so new, and anytime a technology just sort of rushes in, you know, everyone wants to proclaim it as a fad. And there's no bigger way to show it is not a fad than having enterprise embrace it. So from that standpoint, you know, I think it's exciting for all of voice technology. uh, Everybody involved with it in any way, or thinking about getting involved with it in any way, that that Amazon's making this push because it just makes it so much easier to then have conversations about you know the growth of the consumer side. You know that no one's going. You're going to hear less and less. Uh, hey, is this going to go away tomorrow? And more and more, hey, uh, I need to go invest in this company or that company or, or start paying attention to this thing a little bit more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it does make it more real. I think another thing is if you want to find reasons to feel bullish about this, you know, if you look at Apple and Google, servicing the enterprises is not necessarily their expertise. Uh, but Amazon has had the AWS marketplace out there for a long time uh, they know how to work with enterprises on there. They know how to help vendors find customers via their marketplace on AWS. Uh, they've been really effective at that. They can bring that playbook to Alexa, um, and they can bring that expertise to bear. You know, So if you're thinking about, gee, you know, do I want my enterprise to get involved in this? Or uh, if you're a startup and you're thinking about doing an enterprise-type play... Those are reasons to feel very optimistic about it, that this is going to have some real legs behind it and that Amazon's going to know how to really support you.
0: Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And yeah, these first three stories, I don't know. I, I think you could line up a 1,000 people who are paying attention to the space and I think you'd get, you know, 333 saying each one of these is the most important. I don't know which one. Is right, right. Uh, but... Uh, but yeah, that's, it's a great way to start. Moving on to story number four. And with all of this pro-Amazon stuff, had to, had to bring it, had to rein it back in a little bit here and include <laughs> this Fortune article. And from time to time on this show, we include articles like this um, that express skepticism about the market. Um, I think we would be doing anyone listening to this a big disservice if we didn't. The one this week is called Alexa, Give Us Back Our Freedom. And this, the concept that is discussed in this article was actually discussed in the very first Alexa conference. We have the Alexa conference coming up in January. Uh, John Kelvey will be there. Bespoken will be there, uh, as well as many other thought leaders in the space. The first time we did the Alexa conference, someone actually brought this up that this article talks about that... Um, We should all be worried that um, the current state of search, as it is now, gives a lot of information back. Um, It's hard for any one company or interest to control that. You know, it's hard for any one company to take a search term and come in and uh, monopolize it. You know, you can argue degrees all you want but information for the most part is democratized on google they're public about their algorithms all of these things could go away in a world with voice-based search if it's not done right and that is the thesis of this article and john i want to get your your thoughts on from your seat you know where you sit with bespoken um, and the great work that y'all are doing Um, As you sort of think about what search looks like in a voice-first world, does this thought of, you know, information not flowing as freely as it should concern you?
1: I think it is a concern. I think it's a concern um, in the way that Fortune states it, that it's going to be limiting some, some of the options for consumers. I think it's a concern if you're a voice designer because you just have a limited amount of information you can present back. So the right to certainly raise it as an issue, what do I think are the mitigating aspects here? One, as things become more multimodal, so, you know, I mean, to give a shout out to Google, so this isn't all uh, Alexa love fest. I mean, with Google Assistant, that's already inherently multimodal and, you know, you can chat with that now. And, you know, when you're looking at a screen there on your phone, you can present a lot more options and you can more easily allow people to sort of scroll through information. This sort of multimodal aspect that you have with Google, that you have with the Echo Show, uh, where you can take advantage of a screen, you can take advantage of other you know, interface types and not just voice, that does, I think, alleviate the issue to some extent. Um, and that's going to help people. And then it also just gets at what I think is a whole interesting aspect of the space and how new it is, which is that you know, you're going to be limiting options for consumers uh, to some extent. I mean, that is, you know, even with a multimodal aspect, that's somewhat endemic. But you're just relying more on AI. You know, you're, you're allowing the machine to make more of the choices for people. And that's, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a new thing that uh, across the board and the behavior of these, these platforms and these apps that uh, I think we're all getting used to and seeing how that plays out over time and how well the AI does and where we find it to be working well and where it sort of falls down. That's gonna be something that's very emergent and I expect is gonna change a lot
0: over the next few years. So frequent This Week in Voice guest, Brian Romley likes to talk about how much the future will be one of people having a lot of different types of voice assistants. Um, it's not going to be one to rule them all, uh, in his very educated opinion. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I do think about this issue as one of the things that will force, you know, in the sense of uh, you know, the market forcing a lot of different voice assistants. Because just think about it: if you uh, come to rely upon your Amazon Echo and you ask it, you become aware that you can ask this thing to do a search for you, uh, and then you ask it, you know, Alexa, uh, tell me the best place. Oh, my Alexa's going off. Okay, well, yeah, that's a rite of passage for this show. I, should've, <laughs> should've known. I was like, what is that noise? If, if I said, Alexa, tell me the best restaurant in Nashville, and it responds back with Arby's, <laughs> because Arby's decided to pay Amazon a bunch of money, that's strike one, two, two and a half, right? It even, it does that thing, it, you know, it, it gives terrible, uh, a terrible search result one more time, and I'm then pulling out the computer to then go to Google to then do a search on my computer for a replacement for my Echo, Right. Um, and it's at that search is such a hot button, such an absolutely essential part of the way that we live that I could see search being a thing that causes there, you know, the ways that these different big companies and some small companies handle search to be the the point of differentiation, the entire differentiation with some voice assistants. And uh, so from this on this particular issue, I think it lends itself to the vision of a future with several. Voice assistants, rather than just one. Do you agree with that, or you you see it differently?
1: Because consumers are going to interact with one, and they're going to think that it's not giving them the best results. That because there will, yeah, because there
0: will always be taciturn consumers who um, want options in terms of search.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're already starting to see that with Alexa, where and it's actually it's one of the articles in this, you know, invoke it invocationless discovery where. Uh, essentially Alexa will choose a skill to fulfill a request, um, which is something that they've been, you know, in beta for a little bit with. And so they're picking winners there, right? Um, sure. just like they'd be picking a winner. If you asked it what the best restaurant is within a five mile radius. I don't know if that's going to be a huge impetus for people to move to different assistants. I mean, I, there are a lot of complaints already with Alexa's behavior on it. People do already feel that there's favoritism or that it's not doing things quite correctly but i at least for the next few years i do believe that it's in the interest of all all the major platforms to play that extremely fairly think about politics think <laughs> in in the
0: united states where it's extraordinarily polarized um and um intense think about if i asked alexa in the year 2020 uh i go to alexa i say alexa who is the front runner for the Democratic nomination for president? Yeah. God, God help you if you respond back in a way that the person <laughs> asking that question doesn't like. And also think about the interests, the money that will be flowing in to try to be the answer to that question. Yeah, I, it's, it's a fascinating thing to, uh, to contemplate, and uh, we'll all get to sort of live through it together. But uh, this article does a pretty good job of outlining some of the concerns.
1: It does. And I, I think we'll, you know, we'll see how it plays out. I, I do hope that they play those things as straight as possible you know, and that the AI does at least a reasonable job so that consumers don't feel like they're getting cheated. Sure. Um, it's definitely a challenge.
0: Moving on to story number five. So another uh, drumbeat of this show <laughs> is how disappointing... Apple has been. I find them disappointing in almost everything that they do, but uh, the voice technology sector uh, is now starting to rally against them uh, now that the HomePod has been delayed. In this article, why Apple's HomePod is three years behind Amazon's Echo, uh, it paints a high-level sort of picture. Uh, you know, It provides some behind-the-scenes anecdotes, but the short answer is, why is Apple behind Amazon? Well, they didn't take it seriously, and they didn't have any sort of vision or passion for uh, this. Uh, they just they didn't see it uh, in the way that Amazon has seen it. And I've, as I have maintained over and over again, the big difference between Apple and Amazon is that Amazon's visionary leader is alive. Apple's visionary leader is deceased and that pretty much is the way to summarize so much of what has gone on and uh but I wanted to include this article just to to bring it up here John as you look at the home pod and you look at Apple's forays into voice uh you know with Siri and that's been somewhat controversial people think that that hasn't been uh evolved as much I guess my question is do you think that Apple will ever be able to catch up with Amazon given the lead that they have and given how Amazon is making it almost priority number one over everything else?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think across the board the way Amazon is moving in so many different dimensions forward with voice, um, it is going to be hard for Apple to, to catch up. You know, I mean, just reading that article, where did, where did they start? I mean, they started with high Fi. You know, I mean, they're not they're not selling to me at all. I know there's people that are interested in hi fi stuff. I'm not one of them, but just that that's their their origin point. Whereas, you know, Amazon uh, with the Echo, I mean, they're trying to build you know the first AI purpose specific device. That's why they got such a huge lead, right? They weren't just shoehorning it onto something else.
0: Sure, and um, and frankly, I think it it really didn't matter what Apple's point of attack was, uh, given that they announced this thing in the summer, uh showed nothing, um and then delayed it in December. Or in November, excuse me. Uh delayed the December launch till till later. Uh, You can't play like that with Amazon. Amazon is on fire. And that's the entire, that's this entire docket of the stories of this show is Amazon is on fire. So you mean to tell me that you're going to announce something over the summer and then fail to deliver it in December when you have a supply chain CEO running your company? Like what? (laughs) Um, So yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you that uh, it's going to be hard for them to catch up.
1: Yeah. I mean, the devil's advocate position is, look, I mean, they have Siri on all their phones and they have, I mean, what, a billion phones out there, you know, so maybe they'll be able to take advantage of that user base. But if you ask me to put a bet on it, I'm I'm betting they're not going to win.
0: You know, it's just a company that appears to be in transition. So it's going to be sort of interesting to watch how that plays out. Um, And actually, it ties in well to story number six, which is our voicebot.ai story of the week this week, which is that U2 is promoting its new album with an exclusive broadcast via Amazon Alexa. And I am a huge U2 fan. I've seen them live several times. And it's probably because of that, that I remember all of U2's various partnerships with Apple. Uh there was a U two iPod of all things. And I think it's very expensive. Right, like, yeah, it it's very rare now to get it on eBay, but there was a U two iPod that all it had is U two music on it. Uh there's been several partnerships. There was a there was also a, something that turned into a bit of a controversy where I think um one of the iPhones or something had a U two album pre-installed, and you could well,
1: everyone got that that album. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it, I still look at it, it shows up on my iTunes, and I'm like, what that's is the album? <laughs> I'm not a big YouTube fan. I'm like, how oh, did I get this? And then I remember, <coughs> oh, yeah, they did that promotion. <laughs> Yeah, and that was
0: sort of that was one of the sort of points where things began going downhill. Was how that thing was executed. They just didn't provide a mechanism for people to delete that off of their hard drive. I love U2, <laughs> but I, I'm not I'm not down with cramming that down everyone's throat. I mean, it, so it's interesting to reflect on the interesting little history here that u two, one of the inarguably, you know, one of the biggest bands in the world. Has partnered with Apple and Apple and Apple for years, and now here we have an Amazon partnership. And, and the whole concept of this is very interesting—sort of turning in, in your your Echo devices, um, your Alexa-enabled devices, into a radio for this syndicated broadcast. John, your lukewarm feelings for you two aside, <laughs> uh, how did how did this strike you? You know, is this? Did you think this was as creative of a promotion as I did? Or did you just sort of yawn and say, well, you know, I couldn't care less about it, but I guess this means this is a, this is Alexa hitting its stride.
1: Oh, I think it's great. I mean, uh, I probably admire Bono more as a businessman than a musician. And if we look at him as like a Nostradamus for technology, the fact that he's shifting to focus on Amazon, maybe that's an indication of who the overall winner is going to be or um, you know sure. traction now, but I think it's a neat announcement. And I, you know, I would also kind of give a shout out. I mean, to uh, another guest that's on the show. I mean, uh, Voice XP and Bob Stolzberg. I mean, they did a a launch with Chingy. Uh, I thought that was really a really neat thing. I think choose on a different scale than Chingy. I think it shows that the sky is the limit for these sort of music experiences.
0: You're right that uh, that Bob and Voice XP. Sort of pioneered this in many ways um, because that chingy, chingy Alexa skill had been in the offing for a while uh, leading up to the, its release. You know, this just sort of speaks to, to me toward this notion that if you're creating content, it really doesn't matter if you're creating audio content, um, if you're creating um, soon you know, with, with devices like the Echo Show uh, video content. Um, or written content uh, you 've got to be aware of how these voice platforms can serve you, and uh because the answer is not they can 't serve you. <laughs> that is not the right answer. The answer is uh, there 's quickly becoming many ways to leverage content um, and it 's a matter of you don 't have to be you two to find a way for it to work for you and I think that that is so much at the heart of what many companies uh, in the space believe Uh, it's exciting to see but you too I admire the way that they are not afraid to try something new you know this is something new and uh, so I thought that it was worth worth including
1: yeah I think it's neat and it's neat also that it's a broadcast I mean I I'm still kind of getting my head around that you know why a broadcast versus just a And a static skill but it is you know i mean they're pushing the boundaries with it um and it should be a fun event
0: yeah it'll be exciting to see too what all sorts of different bands of all different sizes and levels and genres uh do from this point forward as well um now that they've seen sort of what's possible uh with this moving on to story number seven This is an interesting one. There is such thing as the Alexa Prize, something that Amazon themselves are uh, leading the way with, and there is a winner of this this inaugural Alexa Prize. And the interesting thing here, and, and John mentioned this to me before the show, which is why we included this article, it is very fascinating that this winner of the Alexa Prize and their skill has managed to achieve a conversation duration exceeding 10 minutes in length. I cannot fathom speaking (laughs) to Alexa for over 10 minutes in length. But then again, if you had asked me five years ago, I couldn't have fathomed talking to a computer for one second in length. (laughs) So my opinion on this means absolutely nothing. John, how did you, you know, I I know that you were interested in this uh, because you suggested the article. How, how does this strike you? Why should, anyone care about the duration as a metric, the duration that that a human being has with the computer as a measurement of the utility of voice? Uh, Tell me why we should care about this.
1: So I think it is interesting and it did catch my attention that they could keep people engaged for more than 10 minutes. Uh, I think that is a significant achievement versus uh, what's been the state of the art before that. Why people should care about it, I mean, one, it's, it's worth just trying out just to see how they did it and what made the experience compelling. I was trying these when they were having the competition. A lot of the, the bots that they had, you know, if you said, Alexa, let's chat, it would just give you a random bot. And they just didn't work that well. This one I had not tried until it was announced the winner. And their approach was, was rather fascinating. They really stay with uh, asking you questions that require short responses. And the nature of the conversation you have with it, I would describe as it's being, it's like talking to a friend who throws out lots of really interesting tidbits of information and facts that you really have no idea how to respond to. You know, like, you're very We all have one of those. Yeah. I mean, people who know tons of trivia, I actually messaged one of my buddies about this and said, this is, you know, this is like our friend who, it's hard to know how to keep up your end of the conversation, but you're just totally fascinated by what they're saying. And so that's sort of the approach I thought that this bot took. It gives you an idea about where the state of AI is. I mean, it's good at presenting interesting information, I would say. It's not so good at really understanding your response or, you know, responding meaningfully to what you say. Uh, I think that that's an AI area uh, that this shows is still a big struggle. And so you can kind of, you know, looking at this and with the amount of money involved, I'm not going to say that it's absolutely the best that's out there. I'm not um, so well-versed in this to know what the absolute best is. But, you know, these guys got half a million dollars. It's it's definitely a good effort. You know, it's representative of the state of the art. And so you can kind of understand where where AI is today and where it's going to be going, where it needs to improve. Uh, so it's definitely something worth looking at. You know, if you're in the space, we're just going to be increasing our reliance on AI as we go forward.
0: Like When I saw this article I, in reading through it, I immediately jumped to... When would I be using Alexa for more than ten minutes? And I actually came up with several examples. Okay. First of all, uh, when I'm getting ready in the morning, if I can have a, a running conversation with Alexa uh, that spans a host of personal stuff, you know, uh, all the stuff I check on the on the web in the morning. Um, including, you know, banking information, weather information, news information across the different things I'm interested in. If I could have that running conversation via voice while I am in the bathroom getting ready in the morning, boy, would that be a game changer? Yes, that can be a 10 to 20 minute conversation or maybe longer. I don't even know. Um, another example is in the car. If I'm in a hurry and I don't have time to have that conversation as I'm getting ready in the morning, um, if I'm going uh, to the office, if I'm going um, on a trip somewhere, uh, I got to go to a meeting, if I can receive all of that same information, you know, essentially giving me the information that I want to know from the internet, yeah, I can have a 10 to 15-minute conversation easily uh, with Alexa if it can respond quickly and tell me in the way that I want to receive the information, what information I'm looking for. I could see some other examples too. I, um, I could see um, some more recreational examples. I could easily see games um, and interactive story experiences, sort of like a, an ear play or a tellables or a novel effect or something like uh, along those lines. I, I could see uh, uh, an interactive experience far exceeding 10 to 15 minutes. So there are some examples that in my ignorance I'm able to come up with. I'm sure somebody really thinking critically about it could come up with more.
1: Yeah. And I think those examples you just named are actually probably a lot more relevant. I mean, just chatting with a bot about, you know, the weather or what happened in the news. I'm not sure people want to do that, but what you name there, I mean, that sounds great. Banking information, the news that's of most interest.
0: Yeah. And also include in that, Alexa, let's go through my emails. And Alexa says, uh, okay, uh, you've got 10 emails overnight. Seven of them are promotional in nature. I'll be like, okay, let's leave those for later. Three of them are from, you know, this, you know, our continuing conversation. You know, two of them are continuing conversations and here's what was said. And one is a new person from someone who's emailed you before, you know, something like that. And assuming you know, assuming it works frictionlessly, it be it would be an exciting new world. So, yeah, yeah. I,
1: I agree with that, and I think I just sort of assume that's where they're going with the flash briefing. It's not there yet. I, I hope we'll have that that sort of functionality very soon. I mean, there, in terms of the flash briefing, I think there's a lot of people that would love to put more dynamic, personalized information into that. It's not a hard API to work with if you could just tailor it to the person who's actually listening. You know, I mean, we're not far off from that reality of what you're describing there, Bradley. Um, and it would be awesome.
0: Yeah, I, I hope to, uh, to see that come to fruition. It just makes life easier. I mean, I think that's the promise of voice technology. It's, it's going to make life better, and it's going to make life easier. And I, I hope we continue to move in that direction. This is certainly one way that we could. John, any closing thoughts on this week of reInvent and, and how, you know, the stuff you're looking at with bespoken or any, anything else catch your eye that we have not discussed?
1: Well, I just thought there was an overall running theme uh, this week with a lot of the stories that were out there, not just the ones we talked about, but um, other stuff that I just picked up on, you know, Alexa is moving towards the enterprise. It's moving towards business. And for us, Uh, as bespoken. I mean, we're certainly excited about that. You know, we're trying to help people really build industrial strength skills, you know, do testing and monitoring for them. Uh, We have some tools that are really unique that uh, allow people to do automation testing in a way that uh, just nobody else offers. And so as we see more enterprises getting into it and just really anyone who's serious about building skills that they want to make sure are delivering a great experience consistently. You know, we welcome that and we think we have a great offering for them. Uh, So we hope that they'll take a look at at what we have.
0: You're doing killer work. You're doing really great work and really excited to have you be part of the Alexa conference with us. Uh, Thrilled about that. Thank you for setting this time aside today and for sharing uh, not only your time, but your insight and expertise with us as well.
1: Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's great talking with you, really.
0: Appreciate you, John, for This Week in Voice, episode 19. Thank you for listening, and until next time.